This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week, it's a special all-track and field edition of the Bobcast. We look back at Open New England's, where Bates Jr. put himself among the best to ever throw the discus at Bates. And look ahead to this Thursday's final qualifying meet at MIT, as the Bobcats make one final bid for the NCAA Championships. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates track and field teams went up against opponents from all divisions of the NCAA Friday and Saturday in Rhode Island at the Open New England Outdoor Championships. On the men's side, junior Liam Burns surged into sixth place on the Bates all-time performance list in the discus with a top throw of 50.34 meters, earning him fifth place in the event and all New England honors. The throw landed him ahead of Ethan Waldman and just behind Rich McNeil on the Bates men's track and field all-time performance list. And Liam Byrne is our male Bobcat of the Week. Well, Liam, first of all, let's talk about the discus. A huge PR for you. You told me off air you felt this coming for weeks. Take us through the competition there at Open New England. So that was it was definitely the best discus comp I've ever been in. I think I had a small PR in the prelims, some like forty eight six or something around there. So it, I was sitting in second going into finals, and it was obviously the uh, the UNH guy that was seated fifty four high and ended up winning with fifty six. I think he was around fifty two at the time. He was well ahead of everybody and in control throughout but um i was sitting in second so i was in a great spot going into the finals get to throw second to last each time through so i kind of, i would be able to know whatever else was doing before me and then people started popping 50s left and right i think four different people threw 50 meters within the next two within their next two throws so i within an instant went from second down to eighth and then um it was funny so one of the uh, one of the throwers from orno was a kid I threw against in high school. And uh, he was significantly better than me back then. And he definitely a little bit of a rivalry there. So I was able to, uh, he threw, I think, a PR of 49.7 with his last throw. Watching that happen, he was, he had then jumped ahead of me. So I was kind of sitting there stewing on that. Definitely gave me a little extra motivation. And just finally connected on the last one. Didn't slide out of my hand weird or anything, which was nice. Yeah, and that Open New England gives you a chance to compete against Division One competitors like guys from Maine and New Hampshire. What's that kind of like? I mean, you mentioned you knew this one guy, but also to see what the New Hampshire guy was able to do and have that it's, sort of an aspirational thing, right? It, it's a lot of fun. We were all – there were some very good throws. There was a, a multi that threw 1596 in shot and over 48 in disc, which is way beyond anything we see multis do. Um, and so it's – it was a good marks-wise. It was essentially a nationals uh, preview. Not obviously the same people won't be there. Sure, but there's the top marks are around the same, so it was nice to get that higher comp a couple weeks before. Just early prep got me mentally ready for it. And the last throw of the day was a PR. I mean, once you release it, do you know this is it? Like, as it was, no, oh, I, no. <laughs> my, my dad was there and he got a video from the side, and I was watching. You could see I was kind of looking at it confused because. The field wasn't exactly flat, mm. and we couldn't see the lines. So throughout the day, we had no idea where anything was landing. Uh, the 50-meter marker on the side was also hit at one <laughs> point during warm-ups, and we didn't realize the guy put it back in the wrong spot. Oh. We were sitting around 51-4. Okay. So discs were landing. We would guess, and it would just be a – when we're on the side waiting, we always take a guess 
on what the mark's going to be before the official announces it for right. everybody. And no one got within a meter all day. <laughs> We're usually good within about a half a meter. Because we, we see a lot of them where you, you yeah. get used to it, but we had no idea where anything was landing today. So it was totally up in there. No idea. So what was your reaction when you heard your distance? Uh, it was uh, initially relief because yeah. I knew that would that would send me. If you break 50 meters, you go to nationals. Mm. It's a very rare year. I don't know if it's ever happened. So that was confidently in for one. And after I had a bad day in Hammer the day before, I needed something something good there. Yeah, you mentioned yeah, you're 13th now in the country, right? Yes. In discus. So that's pretty safe for nationals, um, barring something weird. And then um, you're on the bubble, though, a little bit. Hammer and Javelin, and you have one more chance here this Thursday. What are your thoughts? I barely foot foul the 59 high in Jav mm-hmm. at New England. So I know I have it, and I just need to keep my arms a little longer and Hammer and not uh, I need to catch deep on the last one and not catch late and just rip it. So we'll, we can make it happen. Yeah, certainly. And, I mean, what's it like, you know, the, it's, I love how they call it, you know, it's the final qualifying meet. They call it an indoors last chance. What um, I, I, Did you go to the last chance in indoors? Yeah, so what's that, just based on your experience there, what's the kind of atmosphere like at these meets? Uh, there's a lot of, there's a mix. There's some people mm-hmm. that go there, but they know that they're really. Right. It, it's it's a long shot, so there's going to like seniors will go to have a last meet, have some fun, go off on a good note, and then there's the desperation factor for several people who are like, you know, I'm bubble, I can't let myself sit 21 and not go. So it's there's definitely good energy there. A lot of lot of big throws happen at last chance meets. And for you, you know, you obviously we which we mentioned before how you know there's a lot of people who do you know shot discus hammer but then there's it's a little bit rare i think to also do the javelin right is that fair i'm i'm one of the few at this yeah. point i think the only other one for bates history that did it to any decent level was uh chris murtag mm-hmm. he was which i finally passed him in the discus so that there was you nice go. <laughs> um i was gonna say what's it like being um right there sixth now you're between uh rich mcneil and ethan wallman two pretty famous names it's going through the jav list like i recognize the names but most people wouldn't recognize a lot of those names. Mm-hmm. And now passing um, Murtag and Waldman and then Goodrich as well was uh, right. f- it's finally getting some getting to a place where Coach Fresh reached out to me and was like, I know McNeil was in the 50 points. Did you get him? <laughs> these, these are guys that I've been told to watch their film. Right. Like study them, do what they do. And Murtag's been a huge help to me throughout the season. I've been reaching out to him a lot. He's been giving me different yoga exercises, mm. working through technique. I've been sending him videos. It's been great. So it's nice to finally get up to a spot where I'm kind of with them. Yeah, certainly. And then um, I was going to ask about, uh, you know, Danny Kalina, our new throws coach. What's it like been working with him? Oh, it's great. Danny's he's locking in now. Yeah. We're very focused. In, we're breaking it down, just one, one event per practice, really in-depth, specifying the weight training, deloading it so it's, keep health but don't lose any strength and explosiveness it's, we're, it's working really well and we're talking here tuesday morning you i think you mentioned you have javelin at 10 is that right yes. so well, what's uh, today's session going to be like you think uh, not i think we're going to stay inside for it since the track's gone so the runway's sure. gone true that's that's a good point um, yeah <laughs> i could throw on grass but i would need longer spikes mm. so it's easier to just keep it on in the indoor facilities throw into the curtain don't need to know how far it goes now but um you know Javelin now, and then probably a little bit of hammer or disc in the afternoon, and then some med ball plyos work. 
Are you able to do those outdoors on yeah. the side there? Okay. The throw the throwing area is still yep. not changed. There was we had some training from the back where we chained two hammer wires together and put a handle on it so we could uh, have something to hold on to to stay in more off balance positions and work uh, positional stuff there. But I think those got cut off the cage for some reason a couple weeks ago. Oh. No idea why, but no, it's not too bad though. I don't particularly enjoy those drills. So. <laughs> there you go, right? And then, um, well, how about the other Liam, right? Uh, yeah. Three and a half meter jab PR. Yeah, right. Liam Evans, yeah. what a year he's had. I mean, I mean, when you watch him at decathlon, what, what, what are your thoughts? Because that's such a challenging event with ten different things you have to oh. do, right? Yeah, trying the uh, the throwing facilities at Bryant were about a quarter mile away from the track, mm-hmm. just past softball field, baseball field. Yeah. Was, it, a lot of places the throwers could kind of push to wherever they could fit us. Right. So I didn't get to see a ton of it, but I was able to be there holding blocks for a couple of his events. Cheering on. It was, it's always fun. He's he's working really hard for it, and we're, we'll see. He's sitting 25th right now mm. with no more decks left. So maybe people. five people get COVID, have been injured, drop <laughs> right. out, don't declare, whatever it is. I think he's coming down to the last chance to throw some javelin into pole vault. Hopefully no COVID, but maybe people just drop out. You know, they don't want to do it, hey, right? <laughs> I miss Nescax from COVID. I know how easy it is. Right, true, yeah. yeah. I mean, missing Nescax like that, how are you able to bounce back so well the next week? Uh, honestly, it just gave me a bit of rest mm-hmm. and then a little extra motivation because looking at all the marks, um, the one person seated ahead of I'm, I think I'm seated first in disc hammer and javelin for the Nescax and then second in shot put to uh, Trinity Guy Ethan Wilkie was an All-American indoor. Mm. He didn't have a good meet, uh, so it was very frustrating right. to watch that. And I came back very motivated the next week. Yeah, certainly. And then, um, so who else is going with you to MIT this Thursday? Uh, as far as I know, uh, from the men's side, it's going to be me, Liam, and John Mashansky. I don't know if John Everett's going to go. Okay. It, it's still up in the air on that. Um, and I'm not sure from the women's side. I thought Elise would go, but she might be in enough. Oh, okay. Because for the mid-distance distance, people will drop out of them if they're in for multiple. Right. So I'm not sure. It's usually a pretty small group. I went last year and it was just uh, Elise, Ryan, Nealis, and I. Liam Evans, you mentioned, so no more decathlon for him, but what else no. what is he going to be doing I think there? He's gonna, I don't know if he got in for javelin, but he would. Th- he's definitely going to pole vault, and he might throw javelin as okay. well. Okay, pole vault, gotcha. Okay, nice. Because he, had, he had a massive pole vault PR at uh, D3 New England's. Gotcha. Okay. So it was it was cool to see. Yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, doing pole vault in one time and then javelin the next. I mean, could you imagine trying to do the pole vault? Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Not, not I did it in high school a couple times. Okay. But oof. yeah, <laughs> not to any good level. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, will, will you throw discus at MIT? Yeah. So I'm sitting 13th now. Right. And if I can get a little bit more, there's it's really tight between like five and 17. Mm-hmm. Or 60 rooms. If I can get a little bit more, it might get me into the second flight at Nationals. Okay. Which would be a little higher competition around when I'm going. So just if I could do it, great. If I can't, that is what it is. Right. So when you have guys around you who are throwing it farther, that typically – It just helps build the yeah. energy, get competitive energy going a little bit more. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, I guess any other thoughts you want to share about Open New England we haven't got to talk about? No, it was, it was a fun meet. Four by one, broke 43. Right. Good way to end the season there. Um, John Mashansky took another couple seconds off his, uh, mm-hmm. his 1500. He's down 356 low now, I think. So we'll see more from him coming up. It was a good. It was just a good meet overall. 
Excellent. Well, Liam Byrne, congrats again on the PR and uh, top 10 performance there in the discus. And looking forward to what you can do here uh, this Thursday and then after that as well. Thanks so much. Thank you. Head coach Curtis Johnson catches us up on the other standouts from the men's team at Open New England's and what to expect at Thursday's final qualifying meet. Well, Coach, Open New England's this past weekend and some very impressive performances. Let's start with Liam Byrne, who we had on this week as our male Bobcat of the Week. Um, a big-time performance in the discus. It's great to see him on the top ten list now, right? Yeah, you know, this was uh, a definitely a performance waiting to happen. He's been hitting on cylinders uh, all season, um, but that was – that was actually his first discus PR since I believe our uh, some of our earlier competitions even might have been our home meet. Um, so we knew it was there. He has been uh, performing at a high level. So I was really happy he got to focus on just two events this past weekend. Um, Friday was the hammer, and uh, I think after that he was like, I got to do a little bit more, and uh, he did it. Saturday was amazing. He was warming up through the rounds, and I, oh, my God, the throws facilities were what felt like a mile away from everything else. So I was like, you know what, if I leave, I'm going to miss it. So I, I was lucky enough to be at that area and see him get after it. And um, I'm excited to say, you know, he, he moved into the top ten list, uh, put himself in, in a really good national contention. And um, he also knows what it's like to compete with guys around him that are uh, a slightly ahead or similar marks. So such a big weekend, a great weekend of growth as well. So kudos to Byrne, you know, Coach Kalina, who, uh, you know, really helped him come along this season. And then, um, you know, obviously a big performance for him, but also, you know, Liam Evans, uh, back-to-back weeks doing the decathlon, that is tough. <laughs> it is very tough, you know, and you, you have to really make a call. Uh, as a senior, that's a typical call. If you're, if you're close, you're like, I'm going to go for it. And so um, it, is, it is a battle to try to do two decathlons back-to-back and um, – and yet, even with that, he still saw some really standout performances, uh, one being uh, his javelin and then another strong performance in the pole vault. Um, so we'll get to see him out there again this weekend. And, uh, you know, he's been, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a tough event, to say the least, because it's 10 of them. And uh, he's his composure throughout the year has been phenomenal. So, yeah, really proud of how he got after it this weekend at Opens. Certainly, and then the four by one hundred relay. I know you, you know your background was coaching the sprints, so it must be good to see them finish with the season best, right? Yeah. So the four by one, you know, they they've seen some changes throughout the year. Um, you know, the four legs have changed a couple of times, and uh, I was really happy that we could get out there. One, it was sunny weather. It was finally weather that looked like you could uh, actually perform as a sprinter jumper, and uh, you know, Garrett Evans let us off. So having him on on that you know season best relay for the year was exciting, and the rest of those guys are returning, and so I think having them compete at Opens and go through some of that championship season, uh, it, it, it's something we can get excited about for the next couple of years. So proud of that group and how they were able to stick it through and, and finish strong. And then John Machansky, who's a senior, finishing on a high note and actually not finishing but continuing on right because he's, he's competing this week. Yeah, so John, you know, he um, is another one who has been resilient. You know, this is like his first full outdoor season, Mm -hmm. even as a senior. So um, we saw what he could do in the cross country and indoor season. And so um, this time of year is is when you want to, uh, you know, start to reap the benefits of all your hard work. And this weekend was, you know, definitely that 356 one just shy of our top 10. Right. Um, so it's uh, without going back in the records, it lets you know he's uh, one of the better 1500 meter runners to come through our program and he'll be competing again at MIT. Um, and 
if you I got the I was there and I know we all were on the same page that it looks like he's got a lot more in him. So I'm excited to see him get after the MIT and see what he can do. Great, and let's look forward to MIT this Thursday. Kind of a same day trip, right? You're you're because you, it's an evening meet. So, um, you know. Final qualifying, you know, Liam Burns said he's been to a couple of those, and it's a, some people are just kind of wrapping up their careers, and others are like desperation trying to get to nationals. What's that environment like at a final qualifying meet like this? Yeah, so, you know, just like any competition, uh, you know, perspective is important. This is a last chance qualifier. Um, it is for everyone, whether it's for national qualifying mark or just finishing strong. And mm. so um, I know my favorite thing and one thing that we enjoyed about those final qualifiers is that they're very straightforward. They're not long and exhausting. They're to the point. Um, you don't have to be there all day. Um, so you get there, you warm up efficiently, and uh, you do your best. It's uh, it's funny. It can be one of the more calm atmospheres all year, actually. So the mental preparation behind it is what weighs the most. The experience, actually, is one of the more efficient ones. So, yeah, Bernie, you know, Bern and um, Evans, those guys, even John as well, competed at Tufts last chance for the indoor season. And so they're familiar with the fact that it's very straightforward. And um, as long as you are feeling confident and, and, and relax, you actually are in the best possible position to just do your thing. So I'm pumped to go down there with those guys. And for Liam Evans, you know, mentioned, uh, obviously, two straight weeks with the decathlon. It must be relatively easy this week. Just has to focus on the pole vault, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's funny. He has just been really coming on strong in the pole vault and the decathlon and that says a lot you know he's he's definitely put in all the work throughout the last four years and so um, I'm excited to see how he can chip along he's a natural athlete and his I think athleticism that he's going to bring to you know this last competition without having to worry about so much other things um, you know will be fun for him to just focus in and and show that he can be a standout not only when the with the combined events, but in, in one single event in the pole vault this weekend. So um, this trip is going to be a fun one. We didn't get a chance to talk to you. We talked to Liam Evans last week after New England's, um, D3 New England's, and what a bounce back, obviously, for that man. Obviously, Netscax, there was all sorts of illnesses. People couldn't make the trip who who would have scored a lot of points. But what did it say about the team that was able to bounce back the next week and get fourth there? Yeah, you know, you know, looking back, I, I am very thankful that we had an opportunity to see that our team, this team, could bounce back from the lowest of lows and things that were out of our control, maybe some things that we could have avoided. But um, it says a lot that we didn't allow that NESCAC meet to, you know, really put a damper on the rest of our season. Um, You know, we talk about it and we talk about how to, you know, bounce back from those moments, but to see it actually happen. And as you know, New England is NESCAC plus everyone else. Um, Really proud of that group. We had a lot of first years at open, uh, excuse me, at New England Division Three as a part of that effort of redemption and scoring, and so they got a little bit of what it's like to not have a perfect season, but have one where you could still finish strong. So um, I'm sure Liam Evans mentioned it, but you know, incredibly proud of this team and what they've been able to do. I I know this group has a, was able to learn a lot about themselves, and um, the returners especially will be able to know that um, one bump in the road does not define your season. So. Uh, that has been, you know, the last couple of years, but this season as well, just knowing how to, you know, pick up when you get knocked down and, and go with the flow. And, and this, this group has shown a lot of resilience. Terrific. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share about either Open New England this past weekend or the final qualifying meet this Thursday we haven't got to talk about yet? Yeah, so Open New England, you know, even though we go down with a smaller crew, 
Yeah. Uh, it's a crew that typically is leading us all the way through and, um, and going into MIT. I know the team, even though they won't be there in the full team capacity, you know, the team spirit is there. We're ending with a lot of momentum. And um, it might not have all the bodies at this last one on Thursday, but, uh, you know, it's all the, all the people who care about our team are still eyes on and, and really proud. I'm very proud of this group going down. And when the work is done and um, there's nothing left to do but just enjoy competing, uh, you know, there's good things that can happen. So we're looking forward to that. All right, Curtis Johnson, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. On the women's side, Senior Captain Elise Lambert and Junior Jill Richardson both earned all New England honors with their performances in the 800 meters and the 10,000 meters, respectively. Richardson, who ranks 10th all-time at Bates in the 10K, raced to the finish in a personal record time of 37 minutes, 46.16 seconds, taking fourth place out of 16 competitors in the event. And she is our female Bobcat of the week. Well, Jill, open New England, 10,000 meters. Um, first of all, 10,000 meters, that just that sounds exhausting just saying. That's a long, long race. Mm-hmm. How do you approach it compared to, like, say, a 6K cross-country race in the fall? <laughs> yeah, for sure. This was, like, my first time racing anything that long, so... Just kind of talked to coach about like strategizing and stuff and really just have to pace yourself and try not to get too excited <laughs> at the start of the race. Yeah, I talked to coach Hartshorn and she mentioned about how you, this wasn't the first time you run the 10K. I think the first time you ran the 10K was earlier in the year. Yeah. And you were stuck in a part where you're like running basically by yourself and mm-hmm. stuff. And this time a little bit different. Um, well, what was that challenge like to take us back to when you were having to run by yourself there for a little bit? Yeah, that was definitely hard just because... I mean, it's just so long that, like, you get so tired and then it's kind of like you get demotivated if you don't have, like, someone right there with you. So this race was a lot better because I was able to um, run with somebody that was in the race for quite a while. What's it like going up against, you know, Division One opponents and stuff like that there at Opens? Yeah, that was definitely, like, a different experience. I didn't even, like, know until, like, the week before kind of what Open New England's was. So <laughs> I was like, oh, whoa kind of some bigger competition there, but it was definitely, it was very fun. And then how has this track season been? Because, I mean, you've had some cross-country seasons, but track has been messed up by COVID the last few years. So how has this season kind of gone for you to have somewhat of a normal year, right? Yeah, I feel like it was like, especially for the um, people that did cross-country, we kind of had to get back into the rhythm of like being three-season athletes. Um, So it's felt like outdoor honestly felt short, but in the long run, like how long we've been competing, it's felt kind of like a really long season, but it was definitely great to be able to get back out there for that season. And it seems like the distance runners really had, you know, a strong year, you know, there for the women um, coming off that great cross country year. How much did you see that momentum kind of carry over into the track season? Yeah, for sure. I think we definitely had like um, just some, some confidence in ourselves and um, were able to carry some of that, some of that success that we had had over into track. And then for you, um, Coach said this that was your last race of the season there at mm-hmm. Open. So, um, it, you know, when you cross the finish line, you know, are you just exhausted or you're like, oh, man, this is a, wrapping up the year? Or what were your thoughts there, kind of? <laughs> yeah, I honestly, that was like one of the most fun races mm-hmm. I've had here at, at college. I think just because um, it was like under the lights, which I hadn't done since like high school and um, – all my teammates were like really just supportive and had some great cheering going on. And, um, I think I was just, I was happy with my race. So I think it was great to end on a high note. I did not realize it was under the light. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, cause I know it was a very hot day. Oh, right? Yeah. So did you feel lucky that your race was at night? Oh yeah. It was like, <laughs> 
when you got there, it was, like, not that bad. But then when you started running, you were like, whoa, it was, like, so humid. But, yeah, it was it was great. So, I mean, obviously the team, you know, there's events throughout the day. So you're racing at night. What are you doing during the day to like? Are you just staying indoors, or are you try? Are you out there also? Yeah, we didn't we didn't leave till um, later in the afternoon. Okay. But um, then when we, when we got there, I didn't have too much time. Just warmed up and got ready to go. So you drove down and then got out of the van or bus yep, or whatever. Ready to go. <laughs> okay, interesting, interesting. So, um, how is that compared to when you are like maybe staying overnight somewhere? Yeah, honestly, I kind of liked it because it was like I just felt like I could kind of go through my daily routine and. Uh, just like chill out before the race, so that was good. Great, and then um, you know, for for you as you, you're entering your senior year next year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some goals you have kind of in your mind for your for fi- uh, your final year as a Bobcat coming up here? <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like I definitely want to just like keep improving my times in general. Um, I really liked the 10K, so I'd like to continue doing that, getting better. Hoping to go to nationals for cross country again, um, and yeah, just keep having fun. Certainly. Well, what did it mean to be an All American this year for you in, in cross country? That's a great, uh, great achievement, obviously. Yeah, that was so awesome, and I was just so happy that I had Tara there with me, um, and it was just a great time. I feel like we had some great team bonding this year. And you mentioned um, the track and field team, at least, is having their senior barbecue tonight. Mm-hmm. I know we're, ha- we're having a senior awards luncheon a week from today, actually, um, on the 24th, also honoring some of our seniors. You're a junior, but you mentioned Tara. She's a senior. She was an All-American as well, as you said. Uh, what was what the senior class kind of meant to you as a junior? Yeah, I feel like this year, like, has just been, we've definitely, like, seen the seniors really step up into leadership positions. Um, which I think was definitely needed. We just have such big teams this year, Um, and especially, like, you know, kind of getting back into the routine of actually competing all year round since COVID. Um, And I feel like we'll definitely miss them, but I feel like they've been um, some good inspiration for how how to be a good senior. Great, and yeah, you'll be a senior before you know it. Yeah, <laughs> Look, coming up. Coming up. All right, Jill, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast, and congrats again on a great finish there in the 10K. Thanks so much. Head coach Jay Hartshorn catches us up on the other standouts from the women's team at Open New England and what to expect this Thursday evening when the Bobcats travel to Cambridge for the final qualifying meet. Jay Hartshorn with us here on the Bobcast, talking some track and field, our special all-track and field edition of the Bates Bobcast this week. And, uh, Coach, first of all, uh, we had Open New England's this past weekend. A couple standouts, really, there, a couple all-New England finishes. First of all, um, you know, junior Jill Richardson, after an all-American cross-country season, seems like she's really um, taking the 10,000 meters quite well. Uh, take us through what you've seen from her this year. Yeah, so her first 10K was at the NESCAC meet, and that was a little bit rough because she got stuck in like a dead zone. So she really ran like three miles of it, like pretty much solo. And then somebody um, caught up to her and then she responded really, really well. So that was good to see. Um, and obviously getting all NESCAC in our conference is always a goal. But this time we said, let's try to like, run a much more measured pace and make sure that uh, we feel like we're competing the whole time. So she did a really good job just with like her pacing and her execution of the race. So we felt really excited about that. And it felt like a great note to um, end the year on. It's interesting. I mean, she almost made nationals in the 3K. So we're still sort of exploring whether short or long is really her her best event. But um, 
I'm sure she's excited for cross country next year. And how much does her cross country ability translate to track and field? I mean, for those who don't know, I guess, I mean, uh, you know, I see, you know, cross country runners doing well in different distances, I guess, in track and field. How do you kind of evaluate, as you just mentioned, whether it's a 3K or a 10K type runner? Yeah, sometimes it's, we ended up with her in a lot of 3Ks because it just kind of kept going well this year. Um, and she, you know, kept taking time off. She's someone that usually likes everything. I remember last year she did the 15. She's like, oh, I like that too. Um, in under different circumstances, I feel like we would have that a little bit more figured out by this time in somebody's career. But, you know, missing virtually two outdoor seasons um, has definitely made it a little bit funky. So they get to pick, you know, whether they're interested in trying the 10K or not. And she said she was this year. Great. And then Elise Lambert also had all New England there in the 800 meters, got fourth place in the event. Um, it seems like the outdoor 800 meters seems like there's a lot of really fast 800 runners because she was like, you know, all American and indoor and now is like, you know, sort of on the bubble almost for outdoor. How does that kind of work in terms of 800 meter runners, I guess? Yeah, it's just one of those things that kind of like ebbs and flows, you mm -hmm. know, and this is just a year that it's really competitive and um if she, she had a, a tough April, so we didn't really feel like we really got meets in until championship season, which was pretty difficult. Um, so if she had run a half second faster, you'd be like, oh, we're fine. Like, no big deal. <laughs> you know, and that's like such a small amount of time in a race um, this long. So it looks like she'll probably have to take a go at it again. Um, on Thursday night, but she still might make it in with the time she ran last weekend. But I think she's like trending very much in the, the right direction right now. Great. And then uh, Jordan Wilson has really taken the steeplechase well. Tell us a little bit about her development. I know she obviously did well during indoors, winning nationals in the in the mile there, and now um, doing quite well in the steeplechase. A little bit a little bit different event. <laughs> yeah. So she we had a lot of people try the steeplechase last year, which was really fun. I think a lot of people are like, hey, no problem. Like, let's just go for it um, just to do something different in this sort of off year. Um, and a lot of them have stuck with it, which is great. I felt like before this class, we didn't have any steeplechasers. And now we have a ton. But I know she thinks, you know, it's a great event and um, has worked on it all year so that's exciting and she's actually been so consistent but if she figures a few other things out just like getting more comfortable um with the barriers then she's really just gonna take off she had a elbow injury to start the outdoor season so we couldn't do too much over the barriers until she actually raced which is like middle of uh april so she's yeah gonna take another shot at it just because she still feels good and you know wants to see if she can run faster at the end of the year how's everyone handling training right now just because obviously it's good news the track is being replaced we're gonna have a brand new track uh soon but it makes it a little bit i guess tougher probably to train right now i suppose yeah um on our indoor track we actually have seven hurdle marks so you can get pretty far you know if the outdoor hurdles are 10 you can do seven um we did go uh, to Lewiston high school, which is actually just an easy warm up run, especially for the middle distance distance runners. So that part of it has been pretty fine. And there, when we show up at Lewiston, they're 
pretty much um, done. So I was there with a couple of them yesterday. Um, so it's it's been odd, but sort of no big deal. The weirdest thing is, you know, the throwers can still use the throwing area. So I feel like I haven't seen the throwers because we're not we're kind of in three different venues, whether we stay on the indoor track, go to Lewiston outdoor track or go um, to the throwing area right now. So it feels a little more disjointed, um, but we're definitely getting in all the work and they're moving really fast on that track, which is exciting. Well, you mentioned the throwers for the women's team. We had Alma and Hope on the podcast a few weeks ago, and they both talked about how, like, you know, they're, you know, very inexperienced coming into Bates and have, have learned a lot in a short amount of time. What are you kind of seeing from, from them on the women's side? Because it, it seemed they, they both qualified for NESCACs, which was pretty cool. Yeah, they worked really, really hard this year, which is exciting. And um, it's good for them to have a nice little group. And we have some more throwers coming in next year that will like add to them. So I think they're really going to be leaders next year, which is um exciting and hopefully something that they're also excited about um and Alma has done you know she didn't compete necessarily all four events but she's done all four events in outdoor um and you know Hope really has taken to the to the hammer but maybe we'll try to introduce her to something else too you know in in other years but I, I think hopefully they'll be contenders you know from here on out. And then one person we haven't mentioned yet, but senior captain Amanda Kaufman, who uh, came back this year um, and uh, is going to the last chance or going to the final qualify meet this Thursday. And you told me, you know, she, she's looking to continue her career too, right? I mean, take us through kind of her trajectory right now. Yeah. So she was gone all last year, which um, is a, it's not easy um, in the events that she does, you know, if you're a distance runner, it's definitely easier, like just go out and run. <laughs> um, right. And then you're fine. So it really felt like it's um, taken a while to get her legs back under her, but every time that she could like, you know, score or step up for the team, she really has done that this year. So that's been really great for her um, and really, really helpful for the team. And then um, she does have an outdoor eligibility left and is going to grad school. So that's super exciting. She'll have, you know, a whole year more to train. Um, and I, I think she'll really take off next year. She looks really good right now. Uh, it's just now we have to match up the weather, you know, which has been a little bit funky. It was so cold um, all spring until this past weekend when it was like way too hot. Um, so I'm excited she'll get another chance at it before next year to um, really see where she is and then hopefully um, pick right back up where she is right now for the next season. Terrific. Well, any other thoughts you want to share, I guess, on either Open New England's or the final qualifying meet we have coming up here for Bates? Um, it's just exciting to still have people going and, um, wanting to compete and feeling like their seasons aren't over. And we had a, a tough go at it, you know, the very end of April, um, beginning of May, just with how sick everybody was, but I'm proud of everyone for being adaptable and just different people in relays and having to really shift things a lot more than we had to. We were earlier than a lot of schools. So a lot of schools are going through this 
what we went through around NESCACs right now. And, but they're like, oh, thank goodness everyone's done. <laughs> you know, and we went through it when everybody wasn't done. So they really had to um, be pretty scrappy this year and just like keep pushing. Um, and so I'm, I'm just grateful that the women had really good attitudes and we were able to sort of work through it all. Great. All right, Jay Hartshorn, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll preview the NCAA Women's Rowing Championships and tell you which Bates track and field athletes are headed to NCAAs themselves. Stay with GoBatesBobcats.com and the Bates Bobcats mobile app for all the latest news. And we'll catch you next Tuesday on another episode of the Bates Bobcast. Bates, 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 Bates.